you going? No, man. Oh. You got the right classroom. Come on in, take a seat beside me, my friend. Hey, look, here come T.A. Charlie. Let's see what he got to say. It's going to be a morning for you, folks. We got a show for you, and we know it's going to be a good one because we're having internet problems here at the studio. So hopefully you're not getting any better. Yeah, this, the studio had donuts. <laughs> yeah, the studio had donuts. We didn't, but the studio did. <clears throat> You're watching The Road to Concord with Professor Joe Bacanova. Homeroom is on Rumble. You just go to Rumble and you search channels or The Road to Concord. It's one word. When you find it, you go ahead and you click follow. It might mean you got to set up an account, but it's fast, it's easy, it's free. I did it. You can do it. For those technologically challenged members of the class, you can also catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Uh, but not on YouTube today. Oh, no. <laughs> then you can catch the podcast after the show. It's uploaded to Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Just look for The Road to Concord. You can go to the blog page. That's theroadtoconcord.com. That's where you find all your show notes, study notes, and handouts for the class. And finally, <laughs> you can email a professor at joe at theroadtoconcord.com. And thanks for the emails. He's a little slow right now, but he'll eventually get around to emailing you back. Uh, phones are on today, 229-469-0335, but only for registered numbers. We only accept calls from regular known listeners. If you wish to call in, you must be a known class member that has participated in chats on a regular basis. You may then request phone access through an email. If you have, <clears throat> if you find our classes helpful, please click the thumbs up, like, subscribe, and share it with those you think could benefit from it. Just warn them, Joe is an acquired taste, and you're going to find that out today, I'm afraid. <laughs> this show is listener-sponsored, meaning we do not solicit business advertising, so we are not limited in the content we provide for y'all. With that said, we ask for your participation on a value-for-value -value basis. If you find our shows of value to you, then you provide an equivalent portion of your labor and treasure through the donut link on the Road to Concord blog page, the show description on Rumble, and the comments on the other streams. And hey, we all know T.A. Charlie isn't out there. <laughs> no, he isn't. Now, just stay <laughs> no, not today. You soon realize we not might be the smartest, but we each independently form opinions based on reason and logic. Oh, that was weird. We're free thinkers. Let's see what the road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic has on the lesson plan for today. Lesson plan for today. <laughs> First, before we even get going, it's Conspiracy Theory Thursday. We have a message for our friend behind enemy lines in occupied territory of Georgia. We received your message, sir. And Charlie and I say, we know and we understand, but hang in there. Yahweh has a way of sending reinforcements, but they don't show up until exact moment when they're needed. And then they only stay long enough to get the job done. But you're going to make it. It's going to be okay. So hopefully you received this coded message. Again, folks, that was to one of our listeners and classmates and friends behind the, the occupied, you know, the enemy lines, the occupied territory of Georgia we're in free America here in Northwest Florida. I don't know that there's much place left in the world. That's free America anymore, except us, but you know, we're holding the line. So what's on the show for today. If you saw the title, you probably think not much. Well, I found a gem blast from the past, as they say, 
I'm sitting here thinking, okay, what to do, what to do, what to do. Yeah, you better put on your steel toe shoes today. And I didn't know because last night it's like, Bleh. there reached a point in yesterday's show where, and I even told you, man, like it's like all the gas came off of me. Bleh. Well, it, 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 the gas pedal has been on the floor for weeks now. And all of a sudden yesterday it was just gone. It's not, you know, people have told me, well, you're manic depressive, Joe. No, 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 no. Manics, and, and I'm very sympathetic to these folks. When they're in a manic phase, they, they're they very hyperactive, but they don't ever actually get anything done. I do get things done when I'm in my little revved up phases, but then I go through these little lulls, you know. I can be pushed for months at a time, and then, bleh. well, yesterday I couldn't figure out anything to do for a show. I come in here today and just twiddling my thumbs. So I went to my old blogs, and I found something for you. And you can even download it. I just put the links up there in the comment sections to the story. This is on one of my other old blogs that I don't maintain it anymore, but you can still find it. If you go to the road to concord.com, you'll, you'll find it. Let me see. We can share the show here real quick. If I can give myself, you go to the road to concord.com where your homework is all the time and you scroll self down through here. You'll, you'll see right here. This is uh, oil for your lamp. And then uh, the road to Damascus. Those are two other old blog pages. Well, the road to Damascus has the one I wanted to show you today. And it's just this. It says, seriously, just download and read through this. And you can download it right there, tinfoil hat. But I also threw the links up there in the show notes for you. You know, you can you can go to it yourself if you'd like. And what did I find? Well, there wasn't too, too long ago. We did this conspiracy theory day where I read through this document that I have put together over the years. And the very first time I read this in public was on Steve Nichols' radio show. And lo and behold, I, we had promoted it as Conspiracy Theory Friday. And that show, Facebook went down. It didn't work for anybody that day. It worked the day before, and it worked the very next day Steve tried to do a show. But for that show, you know, Facebook just didn't want to work. <laughs> Go figure. It was one of Steve's best shows, best, best ratings I had on his radio program yet. But we're going to share it today. And there, there it is for you. This is this is part of it. These are all excerpts from the, the, this document's 169, 162 pages. This is the illustrated version. I got pictures in here. And this one's got a lot of stuff in it that the other one that we were working through a while back, you know, we, we took two days to read it. Well, there's some cool new stuff in here. <clears throat> and this is like me running back home to mama. But Remember, this is this first quote here. This in in folks, please give me. I've cleaned this document up for you this morning, but if you go download this, this is a raw document. It's editable. You can still play with it. You can do whatever you want with it. It's public source. I've had it on my blogs for years. Some of this stuff goes back to 2013. So understand that my thinking and my knowledge has evolved since when this stuff was written. And some of this stuff is to when I had just recently bent my knee fully. So I'm still learning to be a good, faithful believer when I'm writing some of these pieces. So you're going to find a much earlier version of Joe. And if you're watching the screen today, I know that this is not going to be easy for you to read. And I don't even know that anybody will be able to read it. So what I ought to do is just uh, go over here and do this. If you want to follow along, you're going to need to download this sucker. But what you're going to see me doing is reading it for you today. This first piece here is, is on September. This is from the uh, the American Covenant, remember? And it's fully footnoted. Remember what's going on in this country. You know, we've spent the last few days talking about progressives and lawlessness and people who want to overthrow the country. Well, you got to remember, 
Satan's people are just air sippers. They take over. They're parasites. They take over what's already been there. Have you ever noticed that all secular humanists want to take over through revolution? They want to come along and take something which has already been built. Well, Joe, the founding fathers did that. No, actually, they didn't. The founding fathers were not fighting. We call it the American Revolution, but it wasn't a revolution. What? It wasn't. The founding fathers were fighting a defensive war. You do realize that all they were wanting was their legal rights under the charters that King George had written for each of the colonies, right? You, you know that, right? They had a contract saying that they had a right to govern themselves and to certain, certain things that the king had promised to them. And it, it wasn't under parliament. It was directly between the king and the colonies. So they had legal rights and the king took them back and parliament, you know, air them, them took over, trespassed on these. So in technically it wasn't a revolution. It was a defensive war against an encroaching government that was acting outside of its contract. That that's not a revolution. Now the French revolution was, they were trying to overthrow the existing government. The founding fathers weren't trying to overthrow it. They were trying to get back to what was promised to them. The existing government had turned rogue, which means that since our existing government has turned rogue, should we ever try to follow the founding fathers example, if we do it correctly, we'd be fighting a defensive war. That's the just war. You know, there's the just war, defensive war. That's a, that's a Christian theory, but <clears throat> anyhow, out of the American covenant on September 12th, 1905 in the loft above Peck's restaurant in 140 Fulton street in lower Manhattan, a small group of young men met to plan the overthrow of the Christian worldview that still pervaded America. This first meeting consisted of only five men, Upton Sinclair, who wrote um, in the jungle or whatever about the meatpacking plant. And he pushed unionization. Upton Sinclair, a writer and socialist, he's a Fabian, John, uh, Jack London, rather, a writer, Thomas Wentworth Higgins, a Unitarian minister. You should look into some of these people sometime. J.G. Phelps Stokes, husband of a socialist leader, and Clarence Darrow, a lawyer. They formed an association known as the Intercollegiate Socialist Society. Their stated goals were to promote an intelligent interest in socialism among the college men and women. They were determined to implement the ideas of Karl Marx in America. They were also connected to, influenced, and supported by the Fabian Society in England. They later married themselves to, say it with me, boys and girls, hashtag Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson. Wilson. You know this intellectual socialist society is democratic something or other of republic or whatever, blah, 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 DDS or whatever. In other words, it's still alive and well right now under George Soros. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you download this document today, excuse me again there, you see where it's got all these little hyperlinks? If the link is still live, you can follow them in this document. This document has the hyperlinks in it. So this one is even better than the one we had before. Charlie and uh, Natasha, you're going to have to handle the board because I can't see it today. So remember also, Nebraska State Senator Peter Hoagland on a radio interview in 1983, fundamental Bible-believing people do not have the right to indoctrinate their children in their religious beliefs because we, the state, are preparing them for the year 2000 when America will be part of a one-world global society and their children will not fit in. What did he just say? 
that that's a that's a state senator, right? That's a state level senator. How the heck does he know that they're wait a minute, I thought there wasn't no global conspiracy. Does not compute Will Robertson. Apparently there is a global conspiracy. And if you know where to look, they'll tell you. Hey, some idiot does this talk show called The Road to Concord. It tells you all the times if you know where to look, they tell you. But the Illuminati don't exist. There's no proof of their existence. No true Scotsman. I can keep showing them to you, but if you keep telling me that's not proof, that's not proof, that's not proof. That's a fallacy, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. It doesn't matter how many times we shove it in their face. They don't want to believe it. You know, we're all the cute little perky little teenager, you know, in her cut off shorts with her halter top on or whatever with the monster over her back going, if I just don't turn around and look at him, he won't eat me. Never works out for her, does it? At least turn around and grab that sucker by the throat while he's trying to eat you. You know, be the frog and the stork. Go down swinging at the very least. The truth of the matter is that you do not have those standby provisions. And that when you do not have those standby provisions and the statutory emergency plans are there whereby you could, in the name of stopping terrorism, apprehend, invoke the military, and arrest Americans and hold them in detention camps. U.S. Representative Henry Gonzalez, August 29th, 1994. Okay, so if, you're, if you've got standby provisions, which are unconstitutional but you know they passed a law or an executive order which by the way are unconstitutional but we're going to enforce them because it's a law and it's and, and anyway n- never mind but if you if you if you're gonna if you're gonna start making plans to arrest americans and put them in don't you have to build detention camps there are no such thing as fema camps right <laughs> except uh, uh, those except of us that have driven by them <laughs> <laughs> so the bigger picture, Carol Quigley and the New World Order, you can read through some of this. And I, I, I'm going to stop where I feel like today, folks. I, I, this is me going back through some of the stuff, you know, that I've written before. But this is Carol Quigley in the book Tragedy and Hope. And he says, there does exist and has existed for a generation an international Anglophile network, which operates to some extent in the way that the radical right believes the communists act. In fact, this network, which we may identify as the roundtable groups, has no aversion to cooperating with the communists or any other groups and frequently does so. I know of the operations of this network because I have studied it for 20 years and was permitted for two years in the early 60s to examine its papers and secret records. I have no aversion to it, to the most of its instruments. I have objected both in the past and recently to a few of its policies, but in general, My chief difference of opinion is that it wishes to remain unknown, and I believe the role of history is significant enough to be known. Tragedy and Hope, A History of the World in Our Time, page 950, published in 1964. Comment on the board from Sailor Sun. Mayor Rothschild, control the money, control the people. These people were beginning stages of the Federal Reserve. Yes. But now, notice what he says. These people don't mind working with communists. At the very end of this paper, you're going to find a quote from George H.W. Bush who says, we've got to bring the Russians back into the new world order and work with them. George H.W. Bush from a time when he was president. <laughs> Isn't that what Hillary and the, and the American left have been trying to do is cozy up to and make nice, nice with, with Putin. It, it, <laughs> there's no evidence of any of this Illuminati crap. Nowhere, man. You can't find any of that. So folks, we'll scroll through here. And, and, and 
you keep, oh yeah, this is, you know, the argument that the two parties should represent opposed ideals and policies, one perhaps of the right and the other of the left is a foolish idea, acceptable only to doctrinaire and academic thinkers. Instead, the two parties should be almost identical so that the American people can quote unquote, throw the rascals out at any election without leading to any profound or extensive shift in policy. This tragedy and hope, this time from 1966. Uh, isn't that what we have? I elect Republicans. They're finally going to get us back. And what do they do? They pass the largest tax increase in the history of the world. So now I elect Democrats. And what do they do? They pass even more larger tax increases in the history of the world in budgets, et cetera, et cetera. So I reelect Republicans again. And what do they do? Same thing. Interesting. I got a red and a, and a blue wing of that bird. No matter which wing's flapping, we always seem to fly in the same direction. You would think if it's flapping from one direction, we'd fly in a circle to the, you know, you know, we'd fly in circles, but apparently they flap in unison somehow or another. <sighs> yes, ma'am. But Joe, if we don't vote for one of the main two main sides, then our vote doesn't count for anything. Yeah, because we're electing the other side. Yeah, yeah but we're still going to fly straight side, no matter right? who we vote for. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get the same results no matter who we vote for. So it's almost like, well, you know, one of the least understood strat strategies of world revolution now moving rapidly toward its goal is the use of mind control as a major means of obtaining the consent of the people who will be subjects of the new world order. What? No, mind control ain't real. They would tell us on the mainstream media if it was. Well, you know, we th that was just K.M. Heaton, the national educator. But this one here, we can choose to use our growing knowledge to enslave people in ways never dreamed of before, depersonalizing them, controlling them by means so carefully selected that they will perhaps never be aware of the loss of personhood. Carl mm. R. Rogers, former president of the American Psychological Association. Mm. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. she chimed in right at the right time there, Charlie. That was not planned. That just smoothly <laughs> flowed right into these next quotes. We need a program of psychosurgery for political control of our society. The purpose is physical control of the mind. Oh, this is really good. I like this. The individual may think that the most important reality is his own existence, but this is only a personal point of view. Man does not have the right to develop his own mind. We must electronically control the brain. Someday, armies and generals will be controlled by electronic stimulation of the brain. Dr. Jose M. R. Degado, Director of Neuropsychiatry at Yale University Medical School. This is from the Congressional Record, number 26, volume 118, February 24th, 1974. Delgado was part of MKUltra, the CIA's mind control program. Mm, wow, we're going to control your brain because you don't have the right. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm confused. Charlie, I need some help. If man does not have the right to control the development of his own mind, who's going to do that? It can't be other men because they don't have the right to develop their own mind, let alone anybody else's. So if it's not man controlling the development of our mind, who's doing this? 
Mm. How's your spiritual warfare going, folks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, there's some, maybe there's something besides human beings doing it. He this. boasted without even knowing it. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff is good, folks. This is good. We can spend this a whole day doing this. This is education should aim at destroying free will so that after pupils are thus schooled, they will be incapable throughout the rest of their lives of thinking or acting otherwise than as their schoolmasters would have wished. The social psychologist of the future will have a number of classes of school children on whom they will try different methods of producing an unshakable conviction that snow is black. Various results will soon be arrived at. First, that influences of the home are obstructive and verses set to music and repeatedly intoned are very effective. It is for the future scientists to make these maxims precise and discover exactly how much it costs per head to make children believe that snow is black. When the technique has been perfected, every government that has been in charge of education for more than one generation will be able to control its subjects securely without the need of armies or policemen. Bertrand Russell, quoting John Gitlib Fisch, the head of philosophy and psychology, Prussian University in Berlin, 1810. And he is on the line of the thinking that originates and stems into Woodrow freaking Wilson, Wilson. and John freaking, freaking Dewey. Dewey. Who said exactly this? And said that that's exactly what they were going to do with our education system. Gee, the first quote we read about the people who wanted to overthrow the country, where were they going to start? In the education system. Because if people are not what you want them to be, you got to make them what you want to be, either through psychological programming or through mRNA vaccines that alter their DNA. But we're not doing any of any of that, are we? It's all conspiracy theory. But like I was told this morning, we need new conspiracy theories. Ours are all done, and we bat at a thousand, Jack. <sighs> Let's see what. A, oh my gosh, look at this. Go back to that quote. It should be no surprise to anyone, of course, that during his tenure as a professor at Georgetown in the 1960s, Quigley became the mentor to a young man with big political ambitions of his own. His name was Bill Clinton. Y'all know who's in that picture, right? Let me let me let me show you. I gotta put this up. I forgot to put this up for you. Do, 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 do. There it is. There's the picture. Everybody see the screen? That's a very young Bill Clinton. Who's he sitting with? Um, that's George Bush. And if I'm not mistaken, that's Barry Goldwater. I could be wrong. No, I, I recognize him, but I don't remember his name. Hmm. Hopefully you're starting to see that things are not what they have we've been led to believe they are because they aren't. Remember, this post only shows you some of the connections between the people controlling our world and Carol Quigley. Maybe next time I will show you the connections between the same people and Saul Alinsky. That would be Hillary Clinton. Then I'll show you the interconnections between the group of people and how they can be traced to Hitler, Mussolini, FDR, Wilson, Teddy Roosevelt. That would really give you a nice sized chunk of the bigger picture, but only if you choose to see it. That was my writing under the picture. Man, uh, agendas. You see, this is all from, this will take you back to my blog posts. This one is from The Road We're Traveling. We've seen that cover of that book, not this week I showed it to you. In that book, 
they say what we have to do, and this is from 1914 to 1941. This is after the war. Remember, after they cause enough chaos that they're ready to reorganize the world, this is what the New World Order wants to do. And oh, by the way, there is no such thing as an Illuminati or the New World Order. They've only published like a dozen books telling you that they exist, and this is what they plan to do and how they plan to do it. But they don't exist. They've published books. They've claimed to be the New World Order. They've claimed to tell you that they have plans and that they have this is their plan. They, they tell you everything, but they don't exist. I don't know how the heck those books came into being, but accordingly, they don't exist. Uh-huh. Right. Whatever. Say, first, we need a strong centralized government. Second, we need a powerful executive at the expense of Congress and the judicial. Third, we need government-controlled banking, credit, and securities exchange. Fourth, we need government control over employment. Five, we need unemployment insurance, old age pensions. Six, we need universal medical care, food and housing programs. Seven, access to unlimited government borrowing. Eight, a government-managed monetary system. Nine, government control over all foreign trade. Ten, governmental control over natural energy sources, transportation, and agricultural production. Eleven, government regulation of labor. Twelve, youth camps devoted to health, discipline, community service, and ideological teaching consistent with their authorities, i.e. schools. 13, heavy progressive taxation and hidden taxes on the nation's wealth. I think they got every one of those things already. Now, in the description of the book, it states, the Fabian Socialist Revolution began in earnest in 1933 with the implication of the social welfare state and has been steadily progressing ever since. Gee. Are you telling me that they've been boasting about what they plan to do for years? Telling us exactly how they plan to do it? <laughs> Charlie, I need a little help, brother. Pop yourself on the screen here. Of all those lists that we just read, we don't have any evidence that they've done any of oh, that. Oh, they haven't done any of that. We don't see any of that anywhere, do we? Every one of them is done now. Yeah. In interesting. It, and, it, and that was from what year? 1914 to 1941. 19, it was published 14? in 42, I think. And we're, yeah. Didn't take them very long either. No, it didn't. And didn't they say that once they had all those things that they would have control of the world? Yeah. And that we wouldn't realize it because we were in our own gilded little cage. That's right. We still think we're free. In Road Dog, I do have control of the board. <laughs> just, just, just one of those subliminal messages. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. Appreciate that. So we're going to have sciences that tell us how to take over and run places like this, right? It says, I suppose that no practical science is ever studied where there is no need to know it. The very fact, therefore, that the eminent, eminently practical science of administration is finding its way into college courses in this country would prove that it is a country needs to know more about administration. Were such proof of the fact required to make out a case, Woodrow freaking Wilson. <laughs> John Quest says it's the end of America as we know it, and I feel fine. And oddly enough, yes, it's the end of the world as we know it. Yeah, baby. Or you could just go the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water. <laughs> I can't keep up with that. I can't 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 tell you the rest of that one. And we've already done these. This is I'm I'm back on my little, you know, put us right over here. I'm scrolling through. I'm looking for something. We've these are all Woodrow Wilson quotes. We've done all those before. I gotta find something interesting. So we'll scroll and scroll and scroll. Oh, oh, look, agendas disguised as conspiracy theories. The protest class is by design. That's an interesting little article. You'll like that. It says, you know, plenty of time to protest, but not enough time to get a job. Well, why should you? They were paying those people something like thirty-six thousand dollars a year to protest. 
oh, look, The Coming Insurrection. You've heard me talk about this little book before. I'll link you to it, tell you all about how that was actually. This is from The Coming Insurrection. Create territories, pages 107. That's just little areas where you're in control of. Travel to open lines of communication with other believers, page 109. That's the Occupy, the BLM, the Antifa, where they were you know, connecting back and forth. Also, the Arab Spring followed this exact same pattern. Remove all obstacles one by one. That's page 110. Yeah, we've, we've done that. The government has helped remove obstacles for things like this. Do so anonymously, turning anonymity into an offensive weapon, page 112. Yeah, well, we have anonymity everywhere in this country now. We can't never find out who did anything. Organize self-defense. Yeah, they've, they've done that. They've turned themselves into paramilitary groups. Make the most of every crisis. Where have we heard that before? That's page 119. Sabotage every representative authority and abolish general assemblies. Page 121. Well, yeah, we can't have those parents, those unruly parents coming in here being bad examples for their children by yelling at the school board. So get them out of here so that we can continue our dictatorship, you know, in general assemblies. Oh, you can't meet January 6th. That's an insurrection. Yeah, yeah, we've we've done that. Block the economy, the ability to do so being directly proportionate to the level of organization amongst the followers. That's what happens when you lay down in the roads and don't let anybody travel in a city. Liberate territory from police occupation. George Soros has done that. How? Well, his people just turn you loose, right? Without any hearings or bail or anything like that. Yeah, but they still have police. Yeah, but what's it matter? If you get arrested and they turn you loose the very next day, you've been liberated from police occupation. Take up arms. Yeah, Antifa did that. They were armed. Depose authority at local levels. Page 130. Well, we're starting to work on that. Just not in the way you look at. Not in the way you're expecting. Not in the way you would think. Remember, they can't do it out in the open conventionally. They got to do this other ways. They're weak. There are not as many of them as they claim to be. This is a subversive organization. They're revolutionaries. They're guerrillas. So they're going to fight in, you know, like they said, anonymous ways. But this has all been done. And by the way, all 12 people who wrote that book were arrested for that because it's subversion. And yet, that right there, that's exactly how Obama ran the Arab Spring. Oh, no, by the way, that book right there says it's international in cooperation and planning and, and, and organization. Hmm. You mean they talk to other people doing the same thing in other countries per their own admission? Gee, wouldn't that be a global conspiracy to rule the world? Yeah, no, no such thing. Keep on going. Rules for radicals. We've all been through that. We know about that one. Why Hillary's uh, Alinsky letters matter. How all this linky to other stories and, and links. The decomposition of all social forms is a blessing. It is for us the ideal condition for a wild, massive experimentation with new arrangements and new fidelities. That's Fabian's. I will stroll through the wreckage of creator. I'm a god by God. And you will listen to me. Where's the Hulk when you need him to smash Loki, right? Bang, 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 puny guy. Oh, look, it's the little blue book by George Lakoff, rhymes with. We cover that in this. Uh, it's all about sheeple, folks, blindly following what the government-controlled news media tells them to do. This is another post I did, Connecting the Dots, an abbreviated history of the communist subversion in America. You'll like some of that. It says, World Dictatorship can be established only when the victory of socialism has been achieved in certain countries or groups of countries. And when these federations of republics have finally grown into a world union of Soviet socialist republics, uniting the whole of America under the hegemony of the international proletariat organized as a state. That's Joseph Stalin. In other words, that's the role of the progressive. 
well, that would make progressives communists. Yes, that's exactly what Woodrow Wilson said they are. We've read some of these quotes by Stalin and Lenin. We've read all of those, so we'll just stroll through those. We did those just recently. Mm, we keep going here. Close. Blacklisted by History. We read that book. None Dare Call It Treason. Oh, that's another good book. Unholy Alliance, Radical Islam and the American Left. Another good book. The Shadow Party, How George Soros, Hillary Clinton, and the 60s Radicals Seize Control of the Democratic Party. That's another good one. What is the difference between Democrat and Socialist? Nothing. This is another good one to go through. Another good little post of mine. This is, uh, for it is very clear that in fundamental theory, socialism and democracy are almost, if not quite, one and the same. They both rest at the bottom upon the absolute right of the community to determine its own destiny and that of its members. Men as a communities are supreme over men as individuals. In other words, the whole outweighs the needs of the few or the one. Limits of wisdom and convenience to the public control, there may be. Limits of principle, there are. Upon strict analysis, none. Woodrow freaking Wilson. So what's that saying here real quick? That says the beast is more important than the individual. Hmm. Except that he, he intends to be the head of the beast. He's the brain, which makes him more important than the beast, more important than you. He thinks he's a freaking God. I mean, whatever. None of this has got anything to do with anything I've ever told you before. This is an expose on Woodward Wilson and his urging of the Sedition Act, et cetera, et cetera. You can find that. You look it up if you want to. More quotes by Woodrow Wilson. Um, Woodrow Wilson wrote, The philosophy of any time is, as Hegel says, nothing but the spirit of the time expressed in abstract thought. In other words, whatever you feel like of the time. And then John Dewey said of the history of liberalism, in other words, progressivism, is a history of phases. And the conception of liberty is always relative to the forces that are given time and place are increasingly felt to be oppressive. In other words, the idea of liberty is not a fixed thing. It can change according to however you feel today. That's all Alinsky stuff, man. That's Machiavelli garbage. So we keep looking here. Here's the agenda and more on the new world order. Um, dealing with money. John Adams is trying to give us a warning. He says, all the perplexities, confusion, and distress in America arise not from defects in their constitution or confederation, nor for want of honor or virtue, so much as downright ignorance of the nature of coin credit and circulation. In other words, we don't even understand the money we use to do anything. So we keep on going through this. This, folks, we're on page 36. The invisible money power is working to control and enslave mankind. It finances communism, fascism, Marxism, Zionism, socialism. All of these are directed to make the United States a member of a world government. American Mercury Magazine, December 1957, page 92. They've been telling us this for years and years and years. More about Woodrow Wilson and other people that are writing about all of this. The, the dirty, dirty little secret is that both houses of Congress are irrelevant. America's domestic policy is now being run by Alan Greenspan and the Federal Reserve. And America's foreign policy is now being run by International Monetary Fund, IMF. When the president decides to go to war, he no longer needs a declaration of war from Congress. That's from Robert B. Reich. And then the United States must stop resisting the orderly decline of the dollar, the growing global currency, and the new world order. George Soros. 
In other words, we need to quit resisting nationalism in the American way. We need to just give in to being taken over by socialists. More agendas on the new world order. There's more from Carol Quigley. That's a repeat of something we've already told you. Uh, oh, yeah, the Illuminati, John Swifton, we're tools of vassals. This is just more stuff from telling you that there is a such thing as an Illuminati. Look, I mean, all, the individual is handicapped by coming face to face with a conspiracy so monstrous he cannot believe it exists. The American mind simply has not come to the realization of evil, which has been introduced into our midst. It rejects even the assumption that human creatures could espouse a philosophy which must ultimately destroy all that is good and decent. FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover, 1956. Well, he didn't know Jack. So there's a plot in this country to enslave every man, woman, and child. Before I leave this high and noble office, I intend to expose this plot. President John F. Kennedy, shortly before his assassination. Yep, that got him killed. The high office of the president has been used to foment a plot to destroy the American freedom. And before I leave office, I must inform the citizens of this plot. President Kennedy assassinated on 22 November 1963, 10 days after he made this speech. Hmm. Gee. The rulers of Washington are invisible and exercise power from behind the scenes. That's Felix Frankfurt. Supreme Court Justice, 1952. Guys, we don't have an, a cons there's no conspiracy. The drive of the Rockefellers and their allies is to create a one world government combining super capitalism and communism under the same tent, all under their control. Do I mean conspiracy? Yes, I do. I'm convinced there is such a plot. International in scope, generational in planning, and incredibly evil in intent. Congressman Larry P. McDonald, 1976, killed in the Korean Airlines 747 that was shot down by the Soviets. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. But don't don't pay no any attention to this. That guy doesn't know Jack, man. He was a Republican. There exists a shadowy government with its own air force, its own navy, its own fundraising mechanism, and its ability to pursue its own ideas of national interest, free from all checks and balances, and free from the law itself. Daniel K. Inouye, U.S. Senator, Hawaii, 1977, Democrat. What the heck does he know? The interests behind the Bush administration, such as the CFR and the Trilateral Commission, founded by Brzezinski from David Rockefeller and the Bilderberger Group, have prepared for and are now moving to implement one world dictatorship within the next five years. Dr. Johann Koppler, former German Ministry for Defense official and advisor to NATO. He doesn't know anything either. I mean, I'm, seriously, folks. I mean, come on, man. It's just, this is all stupidity. This is all conspiracy, Joe. None of this is real. These people don't mean any of that. Those are all just made up quotes, except that you can find the actual documentation or the video where they say these things if you look for it, especially in original documents. I can back up every one of these things. That's why they're in this document. I've cited most all of it. It can't possibly be real. This is all conspiracy stuff, man. Joe, why are you such a, you're a nut, Joe. You believe this crap? Well, yeah, I honor the threat. They told me what they were going to do, why they're going to do it, how they're going to do it. I look at the history and I see that they're doing it. Look, anyway, it, it, one of those guys told us this is multi-generational in planning. Humans can't do that. Humans cannot do that. The founding fathers set up the closest thing that man has ever seen to a perfect self-governing society, and they couldn't even hold it together for their generation. Man cannot do this. 
how's your spiritual war going? A man can't develop his own mind. Other people have to do that. Well, if men aren't capable of developing their minds and they can't develop the minds of others, then who's supposedly developing us into these perfect little obedient drones and automatons? Charlie, I'm confused again. I'm going to need some more help. There is a character somewhere in history that said that he would, quote unquote, save everybody if we just worshipped him. Isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. What 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 is it? What title does he go by? Uh, there he's usually referred to as Hasatan, the accuser, right? Yeah, or the devil. Yeah, that's one one of his names. Master of Chaos, right? Oh yes. But he's going to promise everybody's going to look like the. We're going to be perfect little robots. We're all going to wear the same suit, look the same, come out wearing the you know drive the same car you know, and but we'll all be saved. Right. That's communism, isn't it? Y- yes, it is. <laughs> thank you charlie that was easy <laughs> we are at present working discreetly with all our mighty uh, might to wrest this mysterious force called sovereignty out of the clutches of local national states of the world uh, professor arnold toynbee in june 1931 speech from the institute for study of international affairs in copenhagen it is the system of nationalist individualism that has to go we are living in the end of the sovereign states i mean pop this back up there for you we're living in the time of the end of the sovereign states in the great struggle to evoke a westernized world socialism contemporary government may vanish countless people will hate the new world order and will die protesting against it hg wells in his book the new world order 1940 fabian socialist the council on foreign relations cfr an america branch of american branch of a society which originated in england and believes national boundaries should be obliterated in one world rule established carol quigley that's the fabians so the cfr is the american fabian oh gee that's a lot of help y'all know this name strobe talbot right president clinton's deputy secretary of state in the next century meaning this one nations as we know it will be obsolete all states will recognize a single global authority. National sovereignty wasn't such a great idea after all. Says who? These people have decided for all of us, all on their own. How do they plan to do this? The one aim of the financers is world control by the creation of inextinguishable debts. Henry Ford. Oh, he wouldn't know anything about any of that. The old world order changed when this war storm broke. The old international order passed away as suddenly and unexpectedly and completely as if it had been wiped out by a gigantic flood, by great tempest, or by a volcanic eruption. The old world order died when the settling of that day's sun and the new world order is being born while I speak, with birth pangs so terrible that it seems almost incredible that life could come out of such a fearful suffering and such overwhelming sorrow. Nicholas Murray Butler, Union League of Philadelphia, November 27, 1915. He's talking about the end of World War I. I told you that was planned. That war was instigated on purpose so that they could remake the world. Well, we haven't had a global war, Joe. No, we had COVID, same thing. Remember, I was on record. I'm on record saying that that was the new normal. After COVID, I knew in March of 2020, I knew things had changed forever. And I told people, this is the new normal. And everybody got mad at me. No, Joe, this is only for two weeks. Yeah, right. How did I know? Because I've read this stuff here in the past and believe these people. I know their patterns. I know how they work. I knew exactly what was going to happen. I mean, I don't know the actual details, but I knew the pattern we were going to follow. 
What is being arranged in Washington these days is really a gigantic experiment in internationalism. We are witnessing the creation of a supernatural control of the world's uh, world's necessities. The old notions or nations of sovereignty are no longer governing the facts. We have entered upon another phase of political uh, unification, a phase greater in its methods to the formation of national states in the 19th century. This is the birth of the League of Nations. Walter Lippmann, American writer, journalist, political commentator, one of the fathers of the propaganda, New World Order corporate media mouthpiece, April 1917. The UN is but a long-range international banking apparatus clearly set up for finance and economic profit by a small group of powerful one-world revolutionaries hungry for profit and power. I forgot who quoted that one. The depression was the calculated shearing of the public by the world monetary powers triggered by the planned sudden shortage of supply of call money in the New York monetary market. The one world government leaders and their ever close bankers have now acquired full control of the money and credit machinery of the U.S. via the creation of the privately owned Federal Reserve Bank, Curtis Dahl, FDR's son-in-law quoted in his book, My Exploited Father-in-Law. Oh, he wouldn't know anything about this either. <sighs> the real matter is, as you and I know, that financial element in the larger centers has owned the government ever since the days of Andrew Jackson. That is FDR himself right there in a letter to Colonel House. So the idea was that those who direct the overall conspiracy could use the differences in these two so-called ideologies Marxism, fascism, socialism versus democracy, capitalism to enable them, the Illuminati, to divide larger and larger portions of the human race into opposing camps so that they could be armed and then brainwashed into fighting and destroying each other. Myron Fagan, known, he's an ex, uh, exposed Illuminati. He's one of the Illuminati. What, you identified somebody that's in the Illuminati? Yeah, well, you oh know. Uh, today, the path of total dictatorship in the United States can be laid by strictly legal means, unseen and unheard by Congress, the president, or the people. Outwardly, we have a constitutional government. We have operating within our government a political system, another body representing another form of government, a bureaucratic elite, Senator William Jenner, 1954. He's talking about the system within, you know, use our current government as a scaffold while we build the new one within it using bureaucracies. Woodrow freaking Wilson. And this goes on and on and on and on and on. Do they ever admit to their plans? Well, the real menace of our republic is the invisible government, which, like a giant octopus, sprawls its slimy length over city, state, and nations. Like the octopus of real life, it operates under cover of self-created screens. At the head of this octopus are the Rockefellers and Standard Oil interests and a small group of powerful banking houses generally referred to as international bankers. The little coterie of powerful international bankers virtually run the United States government for their selfish purposes. They practically control both parties. New York City Mayor John F. Hyland, 1922. He doesn't know any about this. Owen. There's more of this where they all, this is all about admissions. All of this, this is, oh, the main obstacle to a stable and just world order is the United States. And my goal is to become the conscience of the world. Uh, George Soros. Um, the affirmative task, 
the positive task, the task we must be involved in before us is to create a new world order. Vice President Joe Biden in a speech Import-Export Bank, April 5th, 2013. You don't suppose he's actually trying to build back better into that new world order, do you? Hmm. To say we were striving for a one world government is exaggerated, but not wholly unfair. Those of us in the Bilderberg felt we couldn't go on forever fighting one another for nothing and killing people and rendering millions homeless. So we felt that a single community throughout the world would be a good thing. Dennis Healy, a 30-year member of the steering committee of the Bilderbergers, basically telling you there's a new world order. I mean, just more of this. All of that. Tony Blair, our new world rests on order. The danger is disorder. And in today's world, it cannot be spread like it can now be spread like a contagion. So these people are going to make sure we don't have disorder. Remember one of those books about the early progressives, The Quest for Order? They see natural law as chaos. So they're going to bring order out of chaos, thereby declaring themselves to be gods. How's your spiritual warfare going, folks? Agenda of the New World Order again. This is just more of it. Aldris Huxley, Aldris Huxley, Joseph Goebbels, Richard Cohen. These are all just quotes. Walter Lippmann again, Richard Salient. This is just, folks, we're only on page 52 of 162. This is all them telling you what they're going to do. More hyperlinks to different supporting stories, explanations of what you're reading, what you're seeing in the world. Uh, Edward Bernays talking to you about uh, propaganda. But, dude, that is all over the world right now. We got propaganda coming out our ears. Talking about the need to control Congress. I mean, the, the media. Um, this is just how we're under control of, of people who know exactly what they're... More, some of this is requoting other things. Uh, the transgressive man... Ray Kurzweiler believes that innovation in biogenetics and nanotechnology are creating a new future for humanity, leading toward a future even he calls the singularity in which man and machine finally merge. We catch up with this man himself, as well as some of his skeptics, to find out what the controversy is all about. That's that link right there to the transgressive man will take you to that. Oh, that is scary stuff right there, folks. Um, here's another one more on the New World Order and their agendas. Um, um, okay, here we go. Thus, and referring to the plan to bring communism model to America, if we employ it, the scientific administration of, of you know, the, the communist model, scientific administration of society, we must Americanize it. And that not formally in language merely, but radically in thought, principle, and aim as well. Woodrow freaking Wilson telling you that he wants to engineer the perfect society according to the international socialist model. International com he remember he formed the League of Nations to help do this. International socialism is Marxism, it's communism. He's telling you right there. That that's what he's telling you. Progressive means American communist. So the recasting of the French administration by Napoleon is, therefore, my second example of the perfecting of civil machinery by the single will of an absolute ruler before the dawn of constitutional era. No corporate popular will could ever have affected arrangements such as those which Napoleon commanded. Arrangements so simple at the expense of local prejudice, so logical in their indifferences to popular choice, might be decreed by a con continuant Congress uh, assembly, a constituent assembly, but could be established only by the unlimited authority of a despot. The system of year uh, eight was ruthlessly, thoroughly, and heartlessly perfect. This is Woodrow Wilson saying that Napoleon Bonaparte had a perfect rule. Napoleon Bonaparte? Okay. 
I guess somebody doesn't know the history of that. The meaning of peace is the absence of socialism or the absence of anything other than Islam, if you want to listen to Muhammad. It's the same thought. It's the same idea. We are present working discreetly with all our might to wrest this mysterious force called sovereignty out of the clutches of the local national states of the world. That's Arnold Toynbee again. Remember, we've read that. The government of the Western nations, whether monarchical or republican, had passed into the invisible hands of the plutocracy. International in power and grasp, it was, I venture to suggest, this semi-occult power which pushed the mass of American people into the cauldron of World War I. British military historian Major General J.F.C. Fuller, 1941. In other words, World War I and World War II as well, where World War II was the result of World War I, but that was planned. We shall have world government, whether or not we like it. The only question is whether world government will be achieved by conquest or consent. James Paul Warburg, banker and financial advisor to FDR. Let's keep going. We got more of these people telling us the exact same thing. Not all of these. These are not some of these. A few of them here and there were necessary. They're duplicates. Not all of them, folks. Most of this is individual. There's John Dewey. This one here is about education. This link, this this whole story is about, we need a program of psychosurgery for political control. We've read that one, all right. To achieve world government, it's necessary to remove from the minds of men their individuality, loyalty to family traditions, national patriotism, and religious dogmas. Brock Adams, director of the UN Health Organization. That's straight out of Lenin and, and Stalin. We read that quote from Stalin this, this week. They, they want to destroy the social moral fabric of the nation to achieve world government. Uh, there should be a transformation of life in totality, a profound commitment to social tasks, achievement of social country, uh, countries have laid the foundation of a way of life which makes everyone understand its individual relevance. Foundations of Lifelong Education at UNESCO, 1976. Folks, whether you realize it or not, he's talking about 15-minute cities and your place in embracing the Green Order. Defenders of the New World Order, more of them, Washington warning us, Woodrow Wilson, I mean, Andrew Jackson warning us, here's Quigley again, and this is more talking about the World Order, Gorbachev, and these are all just over and over and over, George Herbert Walker Bush, out of these troubled times, our objective, a new world order, can emerge, today that new world is struggling to be born, a world quite different from the one we have known, September 11th, 1990. Isn't that true? Yeah. So, uh, God, Rockefeller, Kissinger. It, it, all, and it's kind of weird that was on September 11th. Yeah. The decade mm, of the that, 1990s was meant to have been one in which a new international order, see this post, free from the bipolar rivalry of earlier days, was to have been established. The Jonathan Winston Howard, 25th Prime Minister of Australia, March 13th, 2003, in a national address to Australia. He's flat telling you that they meant to establish it in the 90s. Hmm. Remember, they're going to use terrorism to do this, right? What terrorist acts in America were used to try and take away our rights? Oklahoma, Waco, Ruby Ridge the World Trade Center bombing. And that's where you first got the Patriot Act and the first attempt to censor talk radio from those four things. And from who was the man pushing all of this at the time? 
Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton's buddies with George H.W. Bush. Hmm. There's no connections here. Remember, the Clintons and the Bushes have been friends. You know, they talk bad about each other in public because they're political rivals. You know, it's just what Carol quickly said. We pretend to be two different parties. But these two have been partying with each other forever and ever. Amen. They're buddies. Are we having fun today or what? Let's see if we can't get a few more of these things scrolled through before we go to the break. What is at stake is more one than one small country. It is a big idea, a new world order to achieve a universal aspirations of mankind based on shared principles and the rule of law, the illumination of thousand points of light. The winds of change are with us now. George Herbert Walker Bush, January 3rd, 2012. The world can therefore seize the opportunity, Persian Gulf crisis, to fulfill the long-held promise of the new world order, where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. George Herbert Walker Bush again. A world government can intervene militarily in the international affairs of any nation when it disapproves of their activities. Kofi Annan, UN Secretary. We are not going to achieve a new world order without paying for it in blood as well as in words and money. Arthur Schlesinger, Jr., the Council on Foreign Relations Journal Foreign Affairs, August 1975. The case for government by elites is irrefutable. Senator William Fulbright, former chairman of the U.S. Senate Foreign Relations Committee, stated in 1963 symposium entitled, The Elite in the Electorate, Is Government by the People Possible? <laughs> Comment on the board by Sailor Son. Kissinger said that in order to have a new world order, the American America must fall. Yeah, that you'll find that quote in here. You will. It's in here. Folks, we have gotten through 74 pages of 162. We're going to have to move faster in the second hour. Are we conspiracying enough for everybody today? Are, are, are we doing okay? Are we scaring anybody out there? Is everybody feeling all happy, happy, joy, joy? Uh, I, I think I need some more proof here. Oh, we got another hour of proof. Uh, you sure? I mean, yeah, 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 easy. Well, easy. I don't think I'll see it on CNN, but I, I mean, I guess I'll stick around. You mean the Communist News Network wouldn't tell you that communists are trying to take over by subversion? What? No, they, yeah, they tell, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Charlie, let's give them six minutes, man. We'll come back after the break and we'll keep going, folks. It's just, it's just a good day, man. Let's keep on trying. You can download this and links in your comment section and it's in the description. I mean, um, the first permanent comment link on your Rumble description. So you can go find this. We'll see you in six.
<laughs> I'm sitting here reading some of the comments. <laughs> Ray 13 is right, y'all. Don't fear, man. The Prince of Peace is coming back. He'll straighten all this stuff out. Just make sure you're on his team. That's all. For the rest of us, just grab that iced tea and sit back and watch the show, man. This is. I know you've all seen this, especially if you're on Facebook. You know, that little video clip where... Um, Nicholas Cage is in the car, the convertible car, looking like, you know, what the heck? And the drivers are going, ah, yeah, you know, you know, all the people just starting to wake up going, oh, my God, the world's burning down. And me driving going, yeah, no, and I'm, it's going to get worse. I'm sitting here, yeah. so, I just got that picture in my head right now. Just, I, Hey, man, you got to laugh at it, Jack. You just got to laugh at it. It, it, it. Keep it in proper perspective, folks. Keep it in proper perspective. But um, we, we've we've also noticed that we've been having some really weird trouble with the board today. <laughs> you, you, you know what that means, right? <laughs> we're we're taking flack. We're over the target. We've had our own hecklers today, uh, and Charlie and Natasha have had trouble with the board dealing with them. Um, some of the things that we have here for helping us report certain other stuff, it, it's not working right. Um, telling us things that we know can't possibly be true, but well, you know, <laughs> we just keep going. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's worse than that, Jim. Worse than that, Jim. <laughs> so uh, it's just, it's, it's to be expected, man. It's, it's to be expected. It's, it's where we're at. So let's get back to where we were at. Where we're, what we were doing this back to the, you know, we're, we're on page 74. For those of you who want to download this, this is about science, the science, you know, the holy science. Y'all have seen that before, right? I, I've shared this with you before, right? The holy science. Well, it says that conservatives, social conservatives are mentally disturbed. Yes, yes, yes. And I'll go through all of that for you. But, you know, George Brock Chisholm, first director of the general, uh, first director general of the WHO in 1959, humanist of the year and former head of the World Health Organization, February 1946, issues of psychiatry. He says, to achieve world government, it is necessary to remove from the minds of men their individualism, loyalty to the family traditions, national patriotism, religious dogmas. Well, you know, that's that that right there basically is a social conservative. You got to get rid of social conservatives. Well, they call us white folks now. Do we have a, Charlie, do we have a video of some woman saying they're just going to have to get rid of all the white folks? Yeah, I think we do. She was an official with the, the, the CDC or something like that, wasn't she? Yeah, I forget exactly which one, but yeah. Oh, geez. It was either CDC or who or somebody like that. And I just got to get rid of all of them. Anyhow, conservatives are crazy. In August 2003, the National Institute of Mental Health, NIMH, and the National Science Foundation, NSF, announced the results of their $1.2 million taxpayer-funded study. It stated, essentially, that traditionalists are mentally disturbed. Scholars from the universities of Maryland, Maryland and California at Berkeley and Stanford had determined that social conservatives in particular suffer from mental rigidity, dogmatism, and uncertainty avoidance together with associated indicators for mental illness. And I give you the citations for everything down there underneath that. Remember, Al Gore? We're going to be able to test for this social conservatism mental illness thing while you're still in the womb. He didn't go any further than that. Why would you want to do that? Well, you know, because those are the children that are going to be given the sacrament of abortion. 
because we've got to come up with people who just do what the heck they're freaking told. We've already read those quotes. Every child in America entering school at the age of five is insane because he comes to school with certain allegiances, allegiances to our founding fathers, toward our elected officials, toward his parents, toward a belief in supernatural beings, and toward the sovereignty of this nation as a separate entity. It's up to you as teachers to make these sick children well by creating the international child of the future. Dr. Chester M. Pierce, professor of psychiatry at Harvard, specializing in global mental health disorders, psychiatrist addressed to the Childhood International Education Seminar, 1973, and echoing John freaking Dewey. Teachers will be the prophets of my new religion where man is his own God. Oh, look, how convenient. Teaching school children to read was a perversion and high literacy rate bred the uh, sustaining force behind individualism. John Dewey. Teaching people to read is a mistake because it makes you an individualist? <sighs> you, you forgot the freaking part there. Yeah. Education should aim at destroying free will. Oh, we've already read that one. And psych uh, in short, the nature of uh, hallucinations of Jesus, as they are described in the Orthodox Gospels, permits us to conclude that the founder of the Christian religion was afflicted with religious paranoia. Psychiatrist Dr. Charles Bennett Sengel. Mm, yeah, I've heard a quote. He was either crazy or he was exactly who he claimed to be. Uh, thousands of people throughout time have willingly sacrificed their lives to follow that man. I don't remember anybody doing that to follow a crazy man without being done at the point of a bayonet. Well, thousands of people followed Hitler. Yeah, and if you didn't, you were killed. I said at the point of a bayonet. The people who follow Jesus do so willingly. Um, pretty good, strong suggestion that he's real and not crazy. Maybe the crazy person here uh, was uh, Charles Bennett Sangler or Sangle. I'm just saying. Uh, humanists still believe that traditional theism, especially faith in the prayer hearing God, assumed to love and care for persons to hear and understand their prayer and to be able to do something about them is an unapproved, outmoded faith. Traditional moral codes fail to meet the pressing needs of today and tomorrow. Promises of the immortal salvation of fear and eternal damnation are both illusionary and harmful. The total personality is a function of the biological organism transaction in a social and cultural context. There is no credible evidence that life survives the death of the body. The Humanist Manifesto, 1973. That actually is wrong. There is very credible evidence. And a um, Nobel Prize prize-winning um, neurobrain surgeon has presented it and true to form quote-unquote approved science has rejected it society should be slaves and we'll go over that there's I, i'm not going to read all these you can read through those quotes these people hate america sigmund freud america is a mistake admittedly a giant mistake but a mistake nonetheless sigmund freud they want world government that there's quotes there about what they want and for the final finale basically all that is necessary to revoke all the constitutional rights of any citizen is to accuse him of being mentally ill john a stormer none dare call it treason and he explains right there in that quote how this has been done today you call them red flag laws so we have the social engineering justifying the state takeover of our children 
the state must declare the child to be the most precious treasure of the people. As long as the government is perceived as working for the benefit of the children, the people will happily endure almost any uh, out, uh, I can't remember that, cultivation of liberty or, uh, you know, whatever, curtailment of liberty. There he goes. And almost any deprivation. Adolf Hitler. Uh, why does the left always do everything in the name of the children? Oh, well, maybe because they're following Adolf Hitler. I believe that the community's duty to educate, it's, uh, therefore, is, is paramount moral duty. By law and punishment, by social agitation and discussion, society can regulate and form itself in a uh, more or less haphazard and chance way. But through education, society can formulate its own purposes, can organize its own means and resources, and thus shape itself with a definitiveness and an economy in the direction in which it wishes to move, direct its own evolution. John freaking Dewey, which is saying exactly what this man said. The problem is John Dewey wrote that in 1897. So who's following who? Are we following Hitler? Hitler following us. I've told you many times that Hitler said they followed the Woodrow Wilson uh, example, so whatever. Anyone who has begun to think places some portion of the world in jeopardy. More John Dewey. We keep going, destroy the family, destroy the country. And that's Vladimir Leonard. We do we were the teachers of prophet. So we got all through that. Recognizing totalitarianism in modern American society. We have a hard time seeing that today, but well, you know, INSOC, English Socialism, Nazi, National Workers Socialist Party. And when Obama was elected, Newsweek had the audacity to just call it socialism. Remember, when Obama got elected, Newsweek recognized we were all socialists now. Like recognizes like, folks. I mean, how is it that we keep missing this stuff all the time? What's wrong with us? The citizens who know how to think for themselves spoil the harmony of the collective society, which is coming where everyone is interdependent. John Dewey. And oh, <laughs> um, O'Brien, the party enforcer who arrested Wilson for the crime of thinking for himself. This is from the book 1984. This is the German Nazis and the Russian communists came very close to us in their methods, but they never had the courage to recognize their own motives. They pretended perhaps that even believed that they had seized power unwillingly and for a limited time. And that just round the corner, there lay a paradise where human beings would be free and equal. We're not like that. We know that no one ever seizes power with the intention of relinquishing it. Power is not a means. It is an end. One does not establish a dictatorship in order to safeguard a revolution. One makes the revolution in order to establish the dictatorship. The object of persecution is uh, uh, persecution is persecution. The object of torture is torture. The object of power is power. This, this is the ethos of the modern American left. Just seize power for the sake of seizing power. And once you have it, do what you will with it. The object of power is to exercise power. The citizen of Oceania is not allowed to know anything of the tenets of other two philosophies in life, but he is taught to exercise them as barbarous outrages upon morality and common sense. Actually, the three philosophies are barely distinguishable. Th this is more from the book 1984. You, you need to read that book again if you haven't lately. Then here's another blog post connecting the dots, the origins of the anti-Christian agenda. <laughs> we're not going to you might want to look into that but uh, Engels 
We therefore reject every attempt to impose on us any moral dogma whatsoever. Engels, as in Marx and Engels, as in communism, as in secular humanism in any and in all forms, no moral agenda at all. And he's recognizing that it comes from religion. Well, if there's going to be no moral agenda, you can't have the glue that binds society. Remember social entropy? We say that our morality is wholly subordinated to the interests of the class struggle of the proletariat, described by Lenin. In other words, their morality is their religion. Their religion is their morality. What is their religion? Global dominance. So whatever gets them global dominance is, is moral action in their, their world. We hate Christians and Christianity. Even the best of them must be considered our worst enemies. Christian, Christian love is an obstacle to the development of the revolution. Down with the love of one's neighbor. What we want is hate. Only then will we conquer the universe. Anatoly Lunacharsky, another communist. Let me ask you something. Look at our world today. Which side actually hates? It's definitely the American left. There is nothing but hate there. They preach love, but they hate. This is Lenin's affirmation and the desire of hate is we must hate. Hatred is the basis of communism. Children must be taught to hate their parents if they are not communists. Or to hate your whatever if you're Christian. Here's a big old long section of John Dewey praising the Russian education system. And here's more John Dewey. This one, understanding humanism. Humanism is founded on the notion of factual and moral relativism. This will go through that for you. This is the Fabian Society. They're going to talk about propaganda and globalism, more about education um, and how they're going to institute their religion, because this is a religion. You go through more of that in here. These these posts are all under this this whole document is showing you why I look at things the way I do. Um, it's against individualism. It's against uh, any type of uh, morality, any type of belief in a higher order against the creator. This is about nihilism, folks. What this article is really about, this if you downloaded it, this is a, is a contemporary study of nihilistic movement of the progressive left. It's nihilism. It's destruction of the world. It's lawlessness. They want to create chaos. It's all about lawlessness. Um, why do you want lawlessness? So that out of the ruins, you can recreate in your image or as you want them to be. That makes you a god. Taylor's son, let's not forget Adam Weishop or Weishaupt. There's a lot of people to remember there, Sailor's son. Here's more of this nihilism, Marx, Lenin, Dewey. Um, these people keep coming up, Woodrow Wilson. Um, our problem is not merely to help students to adjust themselves to the world life. Our problem is to make them as unlike their fathers as we can. That was Woodrow Wilson while he was president. You know, how is that any different from that guy today who um, that we read this week, rather, who hates parents? Because they would dare to want to protect their children from him. You know, he's in the head of the education society, you know, the department of this country. Um, Sunstein, how easy it is to indoctrinate students. Um, suppose that an authoritarian government decided to embark on a program of uh, curricular reform with the explicit goal of indoctrinating the nation's high school students. Suppose that it wants to change the curriculum to teach students that their government is good and trustworthy and that their system is democratic and committed to the rule of law and that free markets are a big problem. 
Will such a government succeed or will high school students simply roll their eyes? Sunstein is talking about the fact that if we were to teach the founding fathers, students would eventually accept that. But if we teach them to hate the founding fathers, in other words, they're saying is your young skull full of mush, as Rush would have called it, is programmable. Well, we've already read the psychiatrists saying this. We've seen Dewey saying this. We've seen Wilson saying this, Lenin, um, Stalin. Everybody seems to think that the, the way to affect their social change, their social uh, engineering is through our children. Hmm. Connecting the dots, the federal government legalizing lying to America. And this is another blog post, which we were actually legalized um, propaganda and where we justify lying to the nation. You're going to get Goebbels and Bernays and uh, Lippmann and Hitler in there. <clears throat> this one is from the eugenics stuff. This is eugenics raises its head again. This is the T4 program. Uh, if you don't know about that, you need to read it. All of these links should still be live because they're all, most of them are to my blog pages where you'll find all that cross-referenced information. But this is about how eugenics came to Germany. So the, the Holocaust, and they learned it from us Understanding materialism, the presumption of intellectual and moral superiority within the liberal elite. Um, you're going to have a lot of quotes from founders of the left here in this one. And then, I mean, come on, look at the art, the imagery. Look at that when they're forward. How is the imagery any different? And now people say, well, that's just propaganda meant to be anti-Obama. Um, There's a problem with that. that. That picture there that you're looking at with forward with Lenin. And, and Obama's people made that one on the right. They think that's a good, good thing. That, that's, that's not an attack on Obama. They, that was one of theirs. Look it up. Understanding humanism, crisis and sacrifice in action. This is the moral equivalent of war. Um, here on Morning Joe, Gore told the MSNBC hosts, this is the scientists now know that there is a human nature, a divide between what sometimes called liberals and conservatives, and it gives an advantage. You can speculate to the human species to have some who are temperamentally inclined to change the future and experiment with new things and others who are temperamentally inclined to say, wait a minute, not too fast. Now he's talking about how the left, we're, we're willing to experiment. They're always wanting to experiment on other people's lives. What he's saying is, it's a good thing to have Mengele's in the world. Dr. Mengele's, you know, I'll just skin you alive to see what happens to you, or I'll freeze you to just record what happens to you. But all these people who want to stop us from creating our social experiments, I suppose they're helping humanity. Uh, folks, I'm going to give you a little newsflash. The folks who say, stop, don't do that crap, that's the only reason you're still alive. If you had nothing but the people on the left and allowed to do what they want to do, they would have destroyed humanity already because they're nihilists but they think that they're the ones who actually create they don't create they mimic here's another one agendas constructing the argument for american version of the final solution this is an american holocaust again this is going to tie you back to al gore and um here's experts gores on the rights to biopolitics He's absolutely right that there are differences in temperament between the liberals and conservatives and science has been able to shed some light on that Professor John Hibbling of the University of Nebraska, an expert on the relationships between biology and political orientation, said in an interview with Politico, talking about Gore. Why are you studying the differences, the biological differences between the two? Remember what Wilson said? Nobody studies something without using the results of that study. 
this is why Al Gore was saying, you know, well, we'll be able to test you while you're still in the womb. Do the math. It says New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said in a radio interview that extreme conservatives are right to life, pro-assault weapon, anti-gay, then they have no place in the state of New York because that's not who New Yorkers are. Well, if you can't get rid of them from your nation, you remember what that woman said? We're just going to get rid of all the white folk. Well, folks, this extreme conservative, this is code speak for Christian whites. There are people of others. Don't get me wrong. This is not a racist thing. This is culture thing. This is a culture thing. There are people of many different skin colors that will fall under this umbrella. Thomas Sowell, um, uh, Justice um, uh, um, Thomas, these people, uh, Walter Williams, they would have all fallen under this. But for the most part, that's why that woman said we're going to get rid of all the white people. Those who were anti-jab, well, it's not anti-jab. They're pro-Christ. They're pro-Bible. They're pro-God. That's who they are. That's what you're, these folks here that are talking about getting rid of the conservatives, what they mean is we got to get rid of the great Satan. And since Governor Cuomo here is of Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist, he's saying we got to get rid of Yahweh's people. That's what's, that's what's going on here. That is the lowest common denominator. And remember, we have already seen this week that the progressive, the secular humanist speaks in terminology of religion, but forked tongue they'll come at you with the appearance of the lamb but they speak with the voice of the dragon here's more um an addendum here the folks are over at far left leaning salon.com are dreaming of a very different media one where fox news and conservative radio host rush limbaugh no longer exist the website on saturday published excerpts from imagine living in a socialist usa to advocate for the kind of media that would exist if the people had their voices heard what do you mean if the people had their voices heard that's exactly what fox news and rush limbaugh were the people letting their what this is here at salon is them dreaming of no longer having conservatives in the world of course she has the right to say whatever she wants but where's the middle of uh, of the mission lopez told uh, kpix Doing what she is doing is against what we believe. This is from an unbelievable happened to famous Latino actress since appearing in a conservative campaign ad. In other words, you can't have your own beliefs because it goes against the party's agenda. And the party is the movement. The move, that, That's their God. Their party's their God. Then here's an, a, another article I put in here. The, they told you that they plan to lead. The, um, this is from... Um, George Bernard Shaw, and they do. They tell you that they plan to be in charge of you. Now, here's the part I really wanted us to get to. We've read this quote. Uh, we've read, uh, okay, here's Henry Kissinger. Today, America would be outraged if UN troops entered Los Angeles to restore order. Tomorrow, they will be grateful. This is especially true if they were told that they were an outside threat from beyond, whether real or promulgated, that threatened our very existence. It is then that all the people of the world will plead to deliver them from this evil. The one thing every man fears is the unknown. When presented with this scenario, individual rights will be willingly relinquished for the guarantee of their well-being granted to them by the world government. This is France, 1991. A world threat from beyond. When did the UFO show up? Right about the time COVID failed, right? It says that 
we got to have disorders to such a rate that we will beg for some foreigner to come in and reestablish order. What do you think Soros is doing with all these DAs that he hires that just turns the criminals loose in the cities? Antifa, BLM. Maybe what this has gone here, folks, is they're trying to engineer the crisis sufficient to get you and I to say, okay, here, take my guns, make me a slave. They can't get us to do that. So what do you have to do next? You got to turn against that remnant that won't give in. Who is that remnant? Is that remnant the good little socialist that worships government? Or is that remnant the person who believes in the creator? COVID was a test. Yeah. Let me ask you again. Now they know who. Yes, now they know. How's your spiritual warfare going? Do you not see it yet? Can you not see what I'm trying to show you? You are in a spiritual war. Isn't it interesting that you could almost say that the people that refuse to jab or set apart. Yes, literally. <sighs> the drive of the Rockefeller and their allies is to create a one world government combining suit. Okay. We've read that. That one's from Congressman Larry P. McDonald. Here's a Soren Kiegerard. There are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true. The other is to believe, refuse to believe what is true. Is that 1813 to 1855 is when he lived. That's actually a very good quote. Thomas Jefferson, if a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. I mean, what Jefferson's telling you, you got to be red-pilled, baby, fully red-pilled. The duty of a patriot is to protect his country from its government. Now, we're supposed to worship our government. That was Thomas Paine. The real truth of the matter, as you know, is that the finance, well, we've read that. That's by FDR. Since I entered politics, I have chiefly had men's views confined to me privately. Some of the biggest men in the United States in the field of commerce and manufacture are afraid of something. They know that there is a power somewhere so organized, so subtle, so watchful, so interlocked, so complete, so pervasive that they better not speak above their breath when they speak in cond condemnation of it. Woodrow Wilson, The New Freedom, 1913. What would that power be that is so well-connected and organized and pervasive in society and crosses across generations that men dare not speak about it in, in hearing of others? That wouldn't be other men. That, that's, that's acknowledgement that there's a spiritual force here. And if it's so dark that you don't want to mention it, that's an evil force. And Wilson didn't recognize it that way. Said from the days of Spartacus, Weiss hopped to those of Karl Marx and down to Trotsky, Bella Kuhn in Hungary, Rosa Luxemburg in Germany, and the Emma Goldberg in the United States. This worldwide conspiracy for the overthrow of civilization and for the re reconstitution of society on the basis of arrest, arrested development and envious malevolence and impossible equality has been steadily growing. It has been the mainspring of every subversive movement during the 19th century. And now, at last, this brand of extraordinary personalities from the underworld of the great cities of Europe and America have gripped the Russian people by the hair of their heads and have become practically the undisputed masters of an enormous empire. Sir Winston Churchill, Prime Minister of England. Zionism versus Bolshevism. What the world calls Zionism, the Bible calls the gospel. What? Joe, the gospel is about my individual salvation. No, the gospel is about the kingdom of Yahweh. 
Jesus said so, not me. Bolshevism is the rule of man as his own God. Rebellion. Zionism versus Bolshevism. God versus rebellion. If you look at it that way. Isn't it funny? <clears throat> Got to get rid of this fictitious thing called the Bible. Isn't it funny that, you know, if you have a false paradigm, if your worldview isn't actually accurate, you can't always twist your thinking to explain what you see in the world. Most of the time, you might be able to find a way to do the mental gymnastics to explain it, but not always. There will always be something that you can't get your paradigm around. Has anybody noticed that there's nothing been thrown at me that I can't put a biblical worldview on easily, quickly, without really having to think? That's another one of those indirect indicators that, at the very least, I have an operative worldview. You might say the Bible's not real. That's fine. But it is an operative world worldview, meaning that it is internally consistent and coherent. And I can even use it to predict. If this was scientific, I, I would have a working model here, something that I would use as, a, as an outline to evaluate everything. Well, the Bible is about community, society. What is socialism? That's the science of studying society. Oh, you mean, Joe, you can apply science to the Bible? They told me I can't do that. They lied. Why? I can apply science to Scripture. And Scripture holds up very well. Which is why I've adopted it. That and the fact that I actually am convinced that that book is exactly what it claims to be because I have tested it and tested it and tested it. it tells me to test it tells me to test everything against it and I do you notice that everything can be explained that way too I have no problem doing that there's a reason I believe what I believe folks no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor can any be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is pre preserved on the contrary when people are universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink under their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders, Samuel Adams. In other words, when I make it so you cannot read and you cannot think for yourself, you will do what I tell you to do. Why is it that the progressives want a mass of people who cannot read and cannot think for themselves? Spirit of Balaam. Yes, so that they'll do what they're told to do. Remember, George Bernard Shaw, under socialism, you will not be allowed to be poor. You will be forcibly fed, clothed, lodged, taught, and employed, whether you like it or not. If it were discovered that you're not character and industry enough, you know, not working enough to be worth in all this trouble, you might possibly be executed in a kindly manner. But so long as you're allowed to live, you will learn to live well. That's the rest of the quote. At least you'll be killed in a kindly manner. Yeah. Today, the path of total dictatorship in the United States can be laid strictly legal means, unseen and unheard by Congress, the president, or the people. Outwardly, we have a constitutional government. We have operating within our government a political system, another body representing another form of government, a bureaucratic elite, Senator William Jenner, 1954. The New Deal is plainly an attempt to achieve a working socialism and avert a social collapse in America. It is extraordinarily parallel to the successive policies and plans of the Russian experiment. Americans shirk the word socialism, but what we call, but what else can one call it? H.G. Wells, The New World Order, 1939. So he thinks we're already socialists. 
and he was correct. It is a system of nationalist individualism that has to go. We're living in the end of the sovereign states, the great struggle to evoke westernized world. Socialism, contemporary government may vanish. Countless people will hate the new world order and they will die protesting it. It says, who controls the food supply controls the people. Who controls the energy can control the whole continent. Who controls money can control the world. Henry Kissinger. They control the money now. They control our energy indirectly. They're currently looking to obtain the last of these three points, the food supply. This is why they're allowing China and uh, um, Gates to buy up most of our farmland. The one aim of the financiers in the world is controlled by creation of inextinguishable debts. Henry Ford, we've got that now. And the next, okay, we've got that one. Curtis Dahl, FDR son, we've read that. Henry Ford, we've read that one. National Socialism will use its own revolution for establishing a new world order. That's Adolf Hitler. Um, okay, I think the subject which will be of most importance politically is mass psychology. Its importance has been enormously increased by the growth of modern methods of propaganda. Although this science will be diligently studied, it will rigidly confine to the governing class. The populace will not be allowed to know how its convictions were generated. Diet, injections, and injunctions will combine from a very early age to produce the sort of character and the sort of beliefs that the authorities consider desirable and any serious criticism of the powers that will be become psychologically impossible. Even if all are miserable, all will believe themselves happy. You'll be happy and you'll, and, you know, you'll have nothing and you'll be happy. That's what this is talking about. Because the government will tell them that they are so. It is to be expected that advances in psych, uh, physiology and psychology will give government much more control over individual mentality than they ha now have even in totalitarian countries. A revolt of the plebes will become an unthinkable as an organized insurrection of sheep against the practice of eating mutton. The Scientific Outlook, 1951, by author Bertrand, author William Russell, philosopher, educator, and mathematician. I think they've pretty much achieved this. and We just don't even realize. This is the matrix, folks. What he's saying is they're building the matrix. We are moving toward a new world order, a world of communism. We shall never turn off that road. Mikhail Gorbachev, 1987. Ultimately, our objective is to welcome the Soviet Union back into the world order. Perhaps the world order of the future will truly be a family of nations. President Bush, Texas A&M University, 1989. W.H.W. Bush. Um, soon it will be possible to assert almost continuous surveillance over every citizen. Jeez, the technocratic era involves the gradual appearance of more controlled society, such as a society will be dominated by an elite, unrestrained by traditional values. Soon it will be possible to assert almost continuous surveillance over every citizen and maintain up-to-date complete files containing even the most personal information about the citizen. These files will be subjected to instantaneous retrieval by authorities. This is from Between Two Ages, National Security Advisor to Democratic President Jimmy Carter and co-founder of the Trilateralist Commission. NSA, anyone? Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we have. Psychosurgery, one of the understood strategies. Mind control is a major means. We are on verge of global revolution. That's Rockefeller. No one will enter the new world order unless he or she will make a pledge to worship Lucifer. No one will enter the new world age unless he will take a Luciferian initiation. David Spengler, Director of Planetary Initiative, United Nations. Well, I'm not going to swear to Lucifer. Not openly, but you will take the mark without realizing it. 
2009 is the first year of global government. We've got that one. Um, established in the G20 in the middle of the financial crisis. The climate conference is Copenhagen is another step towards the global movement of our planet. See, a lot of what we call the new world order, these people think it is the ones designing it. We don't acknowledge it because we're not looking at it the way they do. And that's the end of that. Let me explain some of what's going on here. And oh, by the way, nothing to see there. Just move along, people. We didn't prove any conspiracies anywhere for any reason by anybody. What happens? I, I was talking to Charlie about this before. Let me, let me wrap this up and put a point on it for you. Or try to. In the Bible, and I'm going to come back to this, so hold on. But in the Bible, Yahweh works, God works through his creation a lot of times. Now, we see it as supernatural. But it's still, you know, the parting of the Red Sea is supernatural, except that not necessarily. We've seen the parting of that sea before in recorded history because of special types of winds. It's just a really unique type of wind that doesn't happen very often that causes the sea to part in that area. There's a land bridge underneath it. The water's not that deep there in, in where we think they crossed. And the reason we think they crossed is there are two obelisks on either end of that underwater land bridge. Plus there seems to be remnants of what looks like chariots and other material under there. People argue over it, whatever. I believe it's true, but the plagues of, of Egypt, of the Exodus, there was a history channel that showed you that under certain circumstances, very unique, very, very rare. If they had had a volcano on an Island in the Mediterranean, if it had erupted at a certain certain size of the eruption, it would have caused all those plagues in that exact order. So, and it just so happens that we have evidence that suggests that the, that that volcano on that island actually erupted in and about that time. Say, well, yeah, that proves that there's no such thing as God. No, it doesn't. It proves that God works through His creations. Now, why why is this important? Pay attention. Yahweh says, "My ways are not your ways." So in other words, he works differently than what you expect. You expect supernatural comes down and I visibly see God moving his hand and everything, miraculous, everything. And we know that there are miracles. Jesus healing people. I got that. I understand that. I'm not saying it doesn't work that way. I'm saying, though, that most times God chooses to work through his human agents and his natural agents. You've got a story in the Bible of, in the Chronicles, I think it is, or Kings, or Jerusalem's being ransacked when the... Uh, when the Northern kingdom is being taken over by the Assyrians and, and being deported. Well, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah sees the spiritual. So in Jeremiah, he sees angels and the, the command of Yahweh, God, they're slaying the godless, the rebellious. But in the, in the history book, it's actually Assyrian soldiers doing the killing. Both are true. Both are true. The spirit world is using the material world as its agents. Well, that happens here. And we just don't always, in the Bible, Christians don't always look for things the way they should be looking for them. So they miss God's supernatural providential hand in the history of man. Our founding fathers didn't have that problem. They continuously told us, you can't look at the construction of this nation and how everything happened in the order it did, the way it did. You cannot look at it and miss the hand of God in the creation of this nation. They couldn't because they were looking with spiritual eyes. Well, when I look at this stuff with the new world order, it's much the same way. They tell you, hey, we've got what we wanted. Several points along the way, they say, well, in this year, we've established it. And this year, we've established it. But you look and you say, well, no, they didn't. Well, the G20 is not global world order. It is to them. It is to them. Because it gives them macro control, highest level control. 
they don't care so much about the, the, the little peon right now. They're trying to control the head of the apparatus. Once they have all of the heads of the apparatus under their control, then it'll be top down. Then the, the, to force the people to rise up, you know, like Van Jones says, top down, bottom up, inside out. So what'll happen is once they have global control of the apparatus, they'll crush down on the whole world until we rise up and demand a change that provides us what we perceive of as a, as relief from the chaos. So they're going to cause chaos. We're going to demand order be returned and they'll offer us the solution. So this, they're the pusher. I got you hooked on crack. Now you're sick because I, I withheld the crack. Now I made you sick. You're demanding that you may, I make the sick quit. Okay. Here's some more crack. Only this time I'm going to put you on crack. That's laced with something that'll kill you. It's a rough analogy, but that's what we're working with here. And these people tell us all the time that they're going to do it. They tell us who they are. They tell us how they're going to do it. And they tell us from periodically, from point to point, they tell us they've already done it. They've established what they were after. We don't listen to them. We don't believe them. We keep ignoring them. And that's exactly what um, the FBI director told us, J. Edgar Hoover. He said, you can't wrap your mind around it, America. You can't conceive of this. Says it doesn't make doesn't mean it's not true. It is true, but because you can't conceive of it, you refuse to accept it. And if you can't face what it is you're facing, you know, if you can't look directly at it, eyeball to eyeball, you're never going to deal with it. And notice now, all of this stuff has been done, for, going on over two hundred years now, and it's all been, you know, if we'll accept that we have two parties pretending to be one because the political agenda always stays in a straight line, no matter who we elect. Then how do you keep this path of the progressive attempt to take over the world, this secular humanist attempt to take over the world? How do you keep that on a straight path? Man doesn't do that. Look at Christianity. Christianity doesn't take over the world. Well, Joe, it doesn't teach it that. Yeah, it does. It teaches everybody to become a disciple of the Messiah. We can't stay on a straight Christian path. People will, for, for a short period of time, they'll establish something closer to the scriptural teachings of, of the Bible. Doesn't last long. Somebody comes in, takes it over, rests it, you know, pulls people away from it, and leads you in a different direction. Apostasy comes and grows. That's the pattern of, of God's people. He's always restoring them, and quickly, they, they, as soon as they think, oh, well, look, prosperity, it's God's prosperity, but you think it's yours, and off you go. You're going to worship yourself again. Oh, we did this for ourselves. We made a name for ourselves. So off you go again. The founding fathers set up a great government and they run off the, off the rails on their own. They don't even have to wait for a new generation. So how is it if people can't stay on their own agendas, how is it these, these agendas, both that of Islam and that of um, secular humanism, how do they stay, stay so doggedly to the same course over so many generations? There's a spiritual hand behind them. That, that, that's Occam's razor. That's the easiest, simplest explanation. Any other explanation you come up with is going to have problems. And I will be happy to poke holes in your, give me a theory. And I'm just going to bring out this whole thing called, <clears throat> clean off this little sheet of paper here called human nature. Okay, give me your theory. Because I got my human nature in here on the desk ready to go. And I'm going to pop your theory apart. Because human nature is such that we don't do these things. Not even when the progressives are trying to teach us to do it. So how are you going to explain it? But my explanation is simple. 
It is simple. It's easy. It's logical. It's consistent. It's coherent. It's the easiest answer. And when I level the equations, you know, all other things being equal, then the simplest answer is the best one. And in this case, the simplest answer is there is a God and he does, he does rule. Spiritual world is real. I mean, really want to get into this. Spiritual world could just be another realm, what we think of as a dimension. But it could be part of this universe. What we think of as our dimension it could be part of it. It's just got three other spatial dimensions that we can't see or access. You know, we only height, width, and in length the way we do. But that one might have, might even have four, might even have its own version of time. And if they intersect at 90 degree angles, and I know most people are I'm going to lose you real quick. But if I do that, <laughs> I solve a whole bunch of problems in this universe. Like, why can't I see dark matter? Because it's in that other dimensional realm that you can't access. But gravity, let's just say that that's a dimension that can cross both, both, both you know, it's, it's through both of them. Well, as soon as that happens, well, then, then gravity works. It, it, it accounts for dark matter. It accounts for gravitational. It, it accounts for a whole bunch of stuff that the reason science won't go there, they got to come up with quantum theory and, and, and unified theory and all this other crap. They know dark matter exists, but they won't conceptualize it the way I just explained. Because that means I have to admit that there's a spirit world or what we call spirit world. We can't go there. Why? Well, because we've decided we can't. Why? Well, because as soon as we do that, we're not in charge anymore, Joe. We're not gods. Yeah, now I found the answer. You won't. Okay. So you're not really doing science after all. Oh, yeah, Joe, we're doing. No, no, no. True science says you have to assume all possible outcomes, whether you like it or not. So you're not doing true science. You know what else it does for you if you got two different intersecting timelines? God can be with you individually throughout every second of your life. At the same time, he's being with me and with Charlie and with Natasha every second of our lives. He can also be infinitely close to us without touching us, just like scripture says. And he can even be within us. Yeah, it's kind of cool that way. But what I'm telling you is I can explain things that our modern science suggests is real that are also in the scriptures and I can scientifically explain them. You just, you've rejected them because you don't want to go there. Why don't you want to go there? Hmm. Well, it's like Dewey says, soon as I start thinking for myself, he can't control me. Well, as soon as you realize that there's a higher power, you don't get to be your own God. It's the same rebellion. Dewey wants to be God, so I can't have free will. You want to be God, so you don't want to admit that there's somebody above you that makes the laws, makes the rules. So, I mean, if you got a better way, email. Joe at the Road to Concord, right there. I'll be nice. Promise. We got anything on the board? Anything interesting? It's kind of quieted down uh, this hour, but uh, we had a little fun going on uh, earlier on the board. Did you get rid of your of dodo, dodo commenters? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, uh, they were actually scammers, but uh, <laughs> Natasha was able to wipe them out, so I appreciate having Natasha brought down the hammer. Second, yeah, it's, it's nice to have some other support. I don't know why my browser just, I tried it several times and it just wouldn't work. I don't know. Yeah, you know, we were over the target today. Things don't yep. run, never going to work right around here when we're doing things. But hey, it, find the link. Go to Rumble. Second comment. There's a link. 
just download it. Keep it on your computer. Use it as a shortcut source. You don't have to agree with any of it, but check me. Go see if you can't find some of this stuff. And when you find the fact checkers, you know, PolitiFact and things like that, no, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't accept that crap. Go find a real source that might be telling you I'm wrong. And I don't mean that I'm rejecting them because I don't like them. I'm telling you because I know who's funding them. Some of the very people who are quoted in that piece that I just read from today are the ones funding your fact checkers. So what I'm saying is a propagandist with a political agenda is not a fact checker. So you're saying that scientists that are paid by certain people have a bias based on who's funding them? Yeah, just like Wesley Mooch and uh, Atlas Shrug. Yep, yep. Oh. They're going to be good to their to their so, feeder. So the science is not necessarily scientific. Nope. Hmm. Did you see the story about how Fauci was smuggled into the CIA so he did his visit didn't have to be recorded in the official logs? Well, I didn't see that. Oh yeah, apparently. So what they say, this supposedly came from more congressional investigations. Don't know if I trust any of that either, but supposedly he went there to try and get the CIA to monkey around with where the virus originated at early on. Folks, you know why they don't want this to be connected to the Wuhan lab? Because if it is, then it connects to Fauci and directed right back to Obama and to the fact that the United States was violating its own laws and um, international treaty. And it also has something to do with Ukraine. Yes, it, it does. It'll get us right back to Ukraine. Oh, gee. In a proxy war if with Vladimir. If we Putin. knew all that, then hmm, that would explain a lot, wouldn't it? Yes, it'd explain a whole bunch. Hmm. All of this is in the public record. You can find every bit of it if you want to. You just got to look. Truth is stranger than fiction. And who holds all the patents on all this stuff? most of it the cdc yeah but isn't fauci's name on a bunch of it yep mm. yep he he wormed his way into this job back with uh, hiv there's blood on his hands it's an evil man what are we going to do tomorrow's founding fathers friday and fallacy friday still don't know what we're going to do i don't feel any gas in the tank yet but we'll have something I found something worthy of your time and hopefully was slightly entertaining and a little bit scary at the same time because, you know, it's just time to scare the achievers out of folks. <laughs> it seems to be the way people like to go nowadays. Um, we thank you for being here. We love each and every one of you. If you like what we're doing today, if you're so led to do so, hit the thumb up and the rumble up buttons. Share the show with others. Share it directly if at all possible because uh, we do know that the show is being throttled. <laughs> For example, <laughs> the Rumble app says we've only had 16 viewers today where we've been able to count over 30-something at one moment <laughs> on the other systems. This is just weird stuff. I don't care if there's only one of you watching us. We'll do this show. It, it, we're not about numbers, folks. The, this show is never going to be that way. That's why if you want to keep us here, we need your help. We, ha we have a new subscriber who gave us, bought me a $5 cup of coffee just this morning and we thank you very much i i don't publish names just yet and, and for the most part that's my christian side of me if you're helping to keep the show going i'll let you consider it a ministry we're not going to publicly acknowledge you that way you'll get your treasure in heaven rather than on earth yeah i mean if you want to we'll oh yeah we'll, if you want we'll you let it, us but... know we'll we'll 
put your name in a scroller every day. But I think I'd prefer my uh, my rewards up there where yeah, you know, where they're nobody eternal. Can mess with them. But yeah, if you want the recognition, we we've got no problem with that either. We'll just we'll we'll create a scroller that says thank you to you and everybody else at the end of the show, and we'll play it every day. Um, but the most I would ever do is probably just put people's initials in there, and then even then that might be too much. Um, but thank you to those who do donate. You, you're helping a lot. Um, the show would be under great, great financial pressure right now if it weren't for those of you that are helping. I don't know that we'd still be here. Um, we're still on a long, slow drain to the end of what I can afford to do because we're still running in the red every week, every month rather. But still, um, those who are helping, your classmates who are helping, they have kept us alive longer than I was thinking we would be. So right now, we still have a future. Thanks to each and every one of you. We, we greatly appreciate it. Otherwise, we will see each and every one of you back here tomorrow. Y'all stay safe. Take care. Make sure you come back. We'll have something worth your time. We always do, even when I think we're going to have a bust. Might even have one of those shows where we just rah-rah and make everybody feel good. Last time I did that, though, I got yelled at by a former Marine. Who the heck are you and what'd you do with Joe? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a weird show. Threatened to come get it. Yeah, it's, it's, Joe was nice. Happens about one out of, what, out of every 260 shows. <laughs> we'll see y'all tomorrow. I mean, if you want a story, there you go. <laughs> oh, if I want a what story? Conspiracy theory? <laughs> yeah. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Bye-bye.